The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. So continuing this theme of mindfulness of the body from the prior weeks and an exploration, a deeper exploration of the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha's instructions on mindfulness. In the four foundations of mindfulness, these four areas the Buddha pointed to as uh, places for us to cultivate this uh, quality of mindfulness. It encompasses the entirety of our human experience, these four foundations. And yet the Buddha is kind of pointing to particular ways to explore our experience. Starting with the body, the first foundation. The first foundation is, is connected very strongly with the physicality of our experience. Noticing the breath, noticing body movements, aware of postures, aware of this elemental aspect of experience. And then the second and third foundations are really about exploring the mind. The fourth foundation kind of weaves everything together, looks at relationships between experiences. And so I think in many ways it makes sense that the, the teaching starts with the body because it's an obvious area of experience. It's a place where it's pretty easy to connect. And I also think that um, this kind of exploration of the body, noticing the postures, noticing the movements, noticing the breath, noticing this kind of elemental aspect of experience, helps us to recognize the difference between what the body experiences, what these processes connected to body are, and what the processes connected to mind are. Helps us to kind of tease apart the uh, relationships with the, the different processes so that we can begin to see the, the relationships between them and also begin to recognize where the struggle lies in relationship to our experience. The struggle lies not in the sensation level of experience, but in our relationship to it. And so if we can begin to recognize the difference between the sensations and the relationship, we uh, begin to understand how the mind attributes or contributes to our struggles. So starting with exploring the body helps us to begin to recognize that, that the body itself is um, kind of what we could, we could just say it's kind of the, it's a ground of our experience. It's sensation that happens. 
and then we relate to that experience so we can start to see how those relationships happen and the and the connection too it's not just that the 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 relationship goes one way it's not just that um, we experience things in the body body sensations and our mind responds to that the relationship is a two-way street and so when the mind responds it also influences the body and so we we can also begin to notice that part of the experience So for me, this has been a powerful kind of doorway exploring the body, particularly this elemental piece, the piece that I explored in the guided meditation, this elemental piece where we get familiar with the sensation level of experience. And I'll review now just uh, those, those four areas. As I said, the Buddha um, used the language of his day, the understanding of his day about what the elemental aspects of experience are, earth, air, fire, and water. And yet, even in the, um, in the commentaries that happened not that long following the, the, the Buddhist time, they kind of broke that down into sensation level. So what's the experience connected with earth element what's the experience there's solidity hardness weight density what's the experience connected with air element maybe one of the more obvious ones conceptually is the air coming in and out of our body as we breathe and yet how is that experienced we experienced it as um, kind of pressure perhaps in our throat maybe vibration or tingling as the air kind of moves into our body the movement uh, of the chest as it breathes expansion the contraction of the chest and then the kind of broader sense of the body as we touch into the the fuller sense of the body not just the movement connected with the breath but just kind of tune into the field of the body. At times we can touch into what we might call an energetic field. I think that's a language that's often used in our uh, day, this energetic field. We might feel the whole body as a field of vibration, pulsing, tingling. That quality of vibration pulsing tingling is the quality of movement it's not static it's there's not much static in there and so this again this is a place of the air element this this aspect of experience is understood as air element we don't have to like try to translate it into air element actually you know we can simply explore experience from this perspective of these more bare kinds of sensations so um, we often we often explore or think about our bodies from the perspective of parts of the body hand shoulder foot 
And sometimes when I'm talking to students, I'll ask, so what do you feel in your body? And they might say something like, well, I feel my shoulder or I feel my knee. But shoulder and knee are just a concept. They're an overlay. Shoulder and knee don't actually say what the sensation is, what the actual experience is. What may be being experienced in the shoulder is tension, tightness, pressure. What might be experienced in the knee is burning, aching. So the, the, the part of the body is a concept, it's an overlay. And so this is part of this exploration of touching into the elemental aspect is to begin to recognize that the concept of the part of the body is something in the mind. This is, this is one of those key areas of difference between body and mind where they often get kind of confused. We think we're experiencing shoulder, but we are actually experiencing sensations in that part of the body, in that area. And so earth, air, then temperature, fire, is the, is the next aspect, temperature, heat, or coolness. It's the range, not just the hot side of it, but the range of sensations. You know, sometimes um, the sense of the heat or coolness, it, it can be kind of subtle at times because we're kind of attuned or used to the way our body feels, unless we go into a cold room or open the refrigerator door. There, there are times uh, when I'm at some of the retreat centers that I have to walk into the walk-in refrigerator and I really feel the cold there. Or in the last few weeks, um, it, when it was so hot and I went outside and it was like, uh, you know, in the 90s, it's like, I really feel the difference there. But you can also tune into that just now and one way i find often there's a often there's a difference in temperature and this can be a place to uh to kind of touch into this if you put your hand on your face you might notice for me i notice some warmth there at that contact point and at this point it's hard for me to tell whether the hand is cool and the face is warm. Sometimes that's very clear to me, which one is the cool part and which one is the warm part. But you, you might be able to get a sense of that temperature differential or, or you know, maybe touch another part of your body and see. In my, in my hands, as I touch my hands together like this, I feel that the tips of my fingers, the very tips of my fingers are cool but the palm is quite warm. So that's an interesting kind of difference there, that noticing that, that kind of uh, temperature differential. This is, this is a part of our everyday experience that we often don't recognize unless we're in a more extreme kind of uh, situation. And then there's the water element. 
um, the element of fluidity of moisture. Um, it's often said that this is one of the subtler experiences, um, um, but I think there are some ways that it can be pretty obvious. So if you um, take your hands and then blow into your hands and then press your hands together. So what you've done is added moisture to your hands and, uh, and now just like let them kind of pull apart a little bit you might notice a little bit of stickiness in the skin as you're kind of pulling them apart. That stickiness is water element. Anytime you notice that kind of stickiness, that's water element. Another, another, and, and, and the, another thing about the water element, it often is most obvious independence on some of the other elements. And so here in doing this, First of all, we blew into our hands, so we added some moisture there. And then we used the hardness or the earth element of the hands to press them together. And then we used the air element to pull them apart, the movement. And so independence on the hardness and the movement, we could feel the stickiness. We could feel the water element. So the the watermelon element, and actually sometimes the elements are more revealed independence on each other. So a, a really interesting exercise around this I learned from um, Marcia Rose, a, t a wonderful teacher who lives in Taos, New Mexico. And she studied with uh, Pau Oxayadaw, who taught her this exploration around the elements. The elements practice is a very big piece of what Pau Oxayada teaches. And, and she pointed to, he pointed to exploring in the mouth. And so I'm going to guide you through a little exploration of the elements in the, in the mouth. So um, taking your tongue and pushing it, but kind of like putting it against your teeth and noticing the hardness of the teeth. That's, that can be pretty clear, the hardness. It's a pretty hard, it's a bone, it's pretty hard. You can feel that bone there. You can notice the hardness there. You're noticing that hardness and dependence on the movement, the pushing. So now pay attention more to the pushing part. That movement of the pushing, that's air element. That's movement pushing there. You may or may not, I don't have much of a sense of temperature in the mouth at this point, you might. But um, then in terms of water, um, taking your tongue and letting it run across the surface of your teeth. You might notice slipperiness there. And that again, that is the movement across the hardness. The slipperiness is a quality of moisture. If your mouth gets dry, you know that because there's less slipperiness in the mouth. So this is, this again, this is uh, independence on the other elements. You can notice the water element. So experiencing um, this more elemental aspect of experience 
we begin to learn essentially this level of experience is closer to what we, what we could call the language of the body, how the body expresses itself, how the body speaks to our minds. How does it communicate with us? Communicates through this, this, uh, this level of sensation. And as we begin to get more familiar with this language of the body, we begin to understand the, the distinction between body and mind. So some ways that we might um, notice the difference or notice what happens in dependence in relationship to, to the, the body. We might notice in connection to um, particular sensations that we, that we like some sensations and we don't like other sensations. This liking or not liking is a mental experience. That seems pretty clear. It may go as far as anger or aversion, or it may go to like leaning towards to want to get or pick up or, or, or have those also, the, the, the movement towards the wanting, the movement away from aversion, mental experiences in relationship to the physical experience. And then there's the, um, uh, another kind of mediating experience, which actually the, um, the emotional experience, the uh, the relationship of liking or not liking, the relationship of um, wanting or not, or aversion, or even as strong, stronger emotions like anger or hatred or frustration, or those kinds of emotions, they uh, are also um, mediated in a way by whether experience is pleasant or unpleasant. And so that's another aspect of the experience. There's the physical sensation of vibration, pulsing, tingling, pressure, hardness, heat, coolness. And then there's our, our um, we could say, interpretation of it as pleasant or unpleasant. The pleasant, unpleasant aspect of experience in the Buddhist understanding is understood to be a mental part of the experience. In connection with our physical sensations, that may be, that may be hard to understand in a way. Um, but we might get a, a taste of that by, um, by a reflection. Um, so if you are... Uh, if you are standing um, on a street corner, waiting for a friend to, to come and meet you, and you, you, it's a busy street corner, there's a lot of people around, unlikely now in this day and age with uh, social distancing, but, but um, uh, if you were standing there waiting for, for the friend, and then you felt a, a touch on your shoulder, that might be experienced, you know, if you you know, you're expecting your friend, feeling that touch. You might think, oh, that's my friend. And that may be experienced as pleasant. And just that, that touch there might be experienced as pleasant. 
But now imagine you're standing on that same street corner. Let's bring it into COVID time now. You know, you're standing on that same street corner, not expecting a friend, and you feel somebody touch you. And it's like, whoa, you know, who's touching me? And is this, you know, are they close to me? Or, you know, do they have a mask on? So that might be experienced as unpleasant. Very similar situation. The interpretation, the relationship, the context of the situation uh, resulting in whether we experience that sensation as pleasant or unpleasant. So this is, um, and I would say you don't have to believe me about this. Just be curious about the pleasantness or unpleasantness or neutral aspect of experience as a different part of the experience than the pressure, the vibration, the tingling, the coolness, the heat. The Buddha talks about these as different processes of body and mind. And he puts the process of feeling tone of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral in the mental realm. And I understand that um, uh, neuropsychology agrees with this, that um, there's a place in the brain stem where this aspect of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral is put together. And if this place is damaged, we don't feel the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral aspect of experience. So even um, modern neuroscience agrees, at least in some fashion, with this understanding of the feeling tone being a mental process. So the, the, um, the, like, the, the sensation level and then the feeling tone is another aspect of experience. And you don't have to say or interpret it as a mental thing at this point, just understanding it as something different because the feeling tone is conditioned. It is, um, it is very subject to context, it's subject to views, it's subject to, I think that that in fact views are a leading cause of feeling tone. (laughs) When we get to feeling tone in a few weeks, we'll really go into this, uh, this aspect. Uh, What we believe, what we think, what our ideas are, what we're interpreting will really shape the feeling tone of experience. Much of what we actually experience. Now, the the, um, the, um, the commentaries in the, the, the Buddhist, uh, I, think it's in the, I think it's in the Abhidhamma, the texts on Buddhist psychology, um, speak about the, uh, the feeling tone aspect of uh, the body that there will be some pleasant or unpleasant sensations connected with bodily experience. Like if we cut ourselves with a knife, that will be, there will be some unpleasantness there. If we, um, you know, that, so there's, there's a way in which the, the, the body does um, uh, kind of have, have, have sensation that is uh, pleasant, unpleasant again, understood as being uh, understood or constructed by the mind, but that there's a kind of a way that the, the body sensors are, are very attuned to that kind of pain, particularly to, to damage to the body. Um, 
but a lot of our interpretation or the the um, experience of unpleasantness is a kind of a feedback loop from our mind if we experience that painful sensation, cutting ourselves with a knife, if we have a lot of reactivity in the mind about it, anger, frustration, there's going to be unpleasantness in the mind that then feeds back to our body. And so the part of the exploration around the the elemental aspect of the body is to begin to be curious, well, what is the actual body sensation? There may be some unpleasantness or pleasantness associated with the body sensation itself, but a lot of what we take to be pleasant or unpleasant has more to do with our views, our ideas, our beliefs, our, our emotional response. And so this, again, is a way of kind of teasing apart the, the, the recognition. You know, so what is the actual sensation? When I've explored pain, for instance, you know, when I've um, explored like in the knee, uh, sitting for long stretches of time and experiencing pain in the knee. Uh, When I can come down to the physical experience of that and and just notice, well, what is the sensation? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of burning and sparking and, and um, pressure and heat. And so there's sensations like that, some of which are unpleasant, some of which are more unpleasant than others. Um, But then in noticing that level of sensation and noticing the aversion to it, um, noticing how the aversion kind of exacerbates the pain. And we might, might notice in this exploration of, well, what's the actual sensation that we've kind of um, attributed a whole, like the whole knee concept to it, the solidity of knee of something that's a block of experience and that the knee is pain and, uh, and again, it may be more the idea of pain that we're relating to than the actual sensation level. And so the, the idea of pain comes with a lot of concepts and uh, a possibly aversion that's connected to that. And so that's unpleasantness that gets added to the physical unpleasantness that makes things much stronger, makes the, 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 the pain, the unpleasantness much stronger. So if we can begin to be curious about, well, what's the actual physical sensation? Another thing that seems to happen with pain is that we, we feel the, the painful sensation and we pick it up and uh, project it into the future. We think this is going to last forever. This is going to, you know, so we kind of, we, we hold onto it into the future with the idea that, uh, it's going to keep going. And that adds a kind of an exacerbation of the, of the reactivity. And so if we can actually notice, and sometimes we can actually notice that the pain itself, that the, the, the physical sensations of pressure, pulsing, tightness, squeezing, heat, that they're, you know, they're maybe a little unpleasant, but that the attribution that it's going to keep going, that it's going to get worse, that's another one. We think it's going to get worse that that's a lot where the unpleasantness lies. And so again, kind of the, the, um, the curiosity about what's the actual physical experience begins to help us to tease apart these different processes going on and helps us to see where the reactivity actually lies, where the, the suffering lies. There is 
physical unpleasant sensation. And I'm not saying actually that, that you shouldn't move if there is pain in your body. Um, I would say that it can be useful to check out how, um, whether the, in, like the, the pain is more connected to the actual physical sensation or whether it's more connected to the idea of this is going to get worse, this is going to... So, so is, there, is there a kind of a way that we might be able to touch into the actual experience and notice the reactivity that's kind of in counterpoint to it? And maybe in noticing that reactivity, we might have the sense of reactivity gets stronger, the pain gets stronger, the reactivity gets weaker. It's actually not that bad. So that instead of immediately moving, we do a little bit of investigation, a little bit of curiosity. One of my teachers, Sairo Utejaniya, speaks about in exploring pain. He says, you know, give yourself a chance to explore it. You tell yourself at the very beginning, it's okay to move. That idea that it'll be okay to move if it, if it gets too bad, if it gets too overwhelming, that really helps the mind to take a step back and be able to explore it for a little bit longer. We don't feel like we're trapped, like we have to just stay there. So Sayada Utejaniya says, you know, tell yourself at the beginning, if you're exploring physical pain, it will be okay to move if it gets too hard. And then see if you can explore this distinction between the physical experience and the mental reactivity. And some of this, you know, in Sayada's teaching, he encourages very much a receptivity, not a, a kind of a, a diving into and looking for, but um, we can, in exploring experiences, like be kind of curious, okay, though there are the physical parts and the mental parts, what is the physical part? We could have that question in our mind. What is the physical part? And what is the mental part? And then maybe start to see the sparking, the vibration, the pulsing as separate from the aversion, the, the imputing of this is going to last a long time. And maybe see how the... Uh, the the aversion strengthens and weakens and how that feeds back to the experience being more difficult or less difficult. So there's a number of different things that can be learned through kind of being curious about this distinction between these processes and uh, between the process, physical processes and the mental processes. And the exploration around the elemental aspect. What is the language of the body? That's kind of how I explored it for myself. What is, what is actually the body saying? What is the body? How is the body speaking to the mind, basically? How is the body offering its information? And then what's the mind doing with that information? How does it relate to it? How does it uh, have ideas about it? create reactivity to it. So this exploration really, for me, helped, helped me to understand that so much of what was going on in, um, in, in the relationship to physical experience was the reactivity. And when there was this kind of like more curiosity about, well, what's actually here? That curiosity itself can be a, uh, a tool that helps the mind have a little bit less uh, reactivity.
a little bit less judgment to what's happening. Let's see what is happening in the body. What is happening in the mind? So we see this kind of, these feedback loops, cause and effect, bodily experience, the, the sensations of the body affect how we relate to it. From habit, from conditioning often, habitual kind of tendencies to uh, relate to certain experiences in certain ways. And then different kinds of physical, uh, mental experiences, emotional experiences, then create experience in the body. So a kind of an aversion to pain can create a sense of tension throughout the whole body, a kind of a bracing feeling to hold the body still so it might not have to feel that pain. So that's a feedback from the aversion to the body. So there's this this two-way conditioning that we can start to see through exploring this. Mm 